Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What were the red flags for you when you first watched that body cam footage? When the police pull the van over, he sees Gabby very distressed. She's crying. She's almost hyperventilating. Why was she so distressed? The fact that she takes responsibility immediately, her disposition and demeanor of almost walking on eggshells, not wanting to get him into trouble, they're red flags to me. Why is he so calm? He's apologetic to the police. He's trying to defuse the situation when police eventually speak to him about what happened, but he instantly puts the blame on her. That's another red flag to me. Laura has encountered countless incidents of domestic violence and believes the police officers missed an opportunity to stop tragedy in its tracks. For me, it's a murder in slow motion. This was preventable. This was one human being behaving in a way that was insidious, controlling and manipulative, not just to his partner, but to the police officers. And he clearly lied to the police officers and they believed everything that he said. That makes me angry. Taking tonight away from each other is going to be with Major Blaker and all of this. I think that will help you guys, especially tomorrow when you guys meet up. So she does have a couple of messages for you. One, she says she loves you. She wants, she's looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Two, don't forget to cell phone You've just greenlit the abuser. You've just reinforced his behavior. And I think that he felt relieved. And you, I saw that relief. It was palpable. I saw it on camera. And he's joking. And he's sort of making jokes. When Gabby's there isolated in the van on her own, not even knowing what's going on. Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst and the Intelligence Cell. Before I dive in, I want to give the usual trigger warning. I'm continuing my analysis and deconstruction of the police stop of Gabby and Brian. I want you to hear firsthand what happened, so you'll hear clips from the body-worn camera footage. I'll continue to share my thoughts and analysis, literally a minute-by-minute breakdown, so you can understand my analytical process as a criminal behavioural analyst with an expertise in coercive control, risk assessment and femicide. As always, it's not an easy listen. It's distressing and angry-making, and I know it's also triggering for some of you. In fact, many of you have contacted me and let me know that you've experienced similar behaviour and it's really difficult to hear. So listener discretion is advised. Okay, so in part seven, you heard a number of different narratives. Gabby and Brian's, and then the eyewitnesses. Now, both the male eyewitnesses backed up Gabby's account. At no point did Gabby lie or omit details. In fact, she took full responsibility and the blame right from the start. So much so that it was a red flag for me. Conversely, Brian left out significant details which are lies by omission. He wasn't truthful about what happened. 
He didn't say to Gabby, let's take a few minutes and cool off, and we should both go for a walk. He did the exact opposite. He heightened Gabby's anxiety by trying to take her phone, her lifeline to others. He locked her out of her own van, her potential place of refuge, and a place where she felt safe. And he put her backpack out of the van and was threatening to leave her. So if this is true, and I have no reason not to believe Christopher, a complete stranger, after all, why would he not give a true account of what he saw? And he said that Brian did the opposite of what he told the police. And let's just take a moment to reflect on Brian, repeatedly telling the officers how bad Gabby's anxiety was. Remember, that's the backdrop. That's the context. So does his behaviour witnessed by an independent man, corroborate Brian being the thoughtful, patient fiancé who's trying to calm Gabby down and de-escalate the situation. You see, this was totally overlooked. It wasn't even considered or asked about. That's important to understand because Brian's storytelling was seen as more compelling than Gabby's and the witnesses. That's how manipulative Brian was, and also how easy it was for him to manipulate Officer Pratt and colleagues. That's also important to take note of. So where I left off in part seven, Brian told the officers he thought Gabby could handle the van, her van, when all the menfolk were standing around trying to figure out what to do next with Gabby. Also, just before that, Officer Robbins told Brian that he felt sorry for him having to take all this information in and make these decisions. Take a listen to the two male police officers and the one male park ranger talking with Brian and trying to problem-solve next steps. Brian is stood behind the back of Gabby's van and the officers are stood around him, almost in a circle. And again, we're not trying to make a life on that. This is really the statue Officer Pratt says that they're not trying to make his life hard, but their statute is designed to protect him and victims of domestic assault. And he admits that not all situations are the same, but they have to treat everything the same. I mean, this really is crazy and it does underline how problematic this system in Utah is, and I'm going to say more about that in a later episode. The male park ranger asked Brian if he could afford a hotel. Now at that point, Brian stumbled. He breaks eye contact and transferred his weight from one foot to the other, And then he sort of leaned on the back of the van and replied, and I quote, what little money we have, we share. That's a really interesting response. I'm curious about Brian saying that they shared the money. It's a point that could be overlooked, but it's an important point to me. I mean, even if they shared money on the trip, why doesn't he have any money of his own? Remember, Gabby worked two jobs, She had the car that they travelled in prior to the van. Then she got the van, and she spent a lot of time converting it and making all the homely touches to it. And I made a comment previously about that, and the fact that Brian seemed to not really be up to much, just doing his art and riding on Gabby's coattails. 
Well, at this point in the discussion, he looked uncomfortable when he was asked about money. And he doesn't say outright, I don't have any money and can't afford it. It's a, we share money, to deflect. Well, there's another context to this and another detail I want to share when thinking about this case. And that's that Brian was charged with unauthorised use of Gabby's Capital One bank card to the tune of more than $1,000 during the period in which Gabby was missing. If he had his own money, he wouldn't have taken Gabby's after he killed her. Ergo, it sounds to me like Brian was financially dependent on Gabby. Now, that's another hallmark of coercive control. Only most victims don't see it as that. They just see that it's them being in a relationship and that's what happens. But this one line could be missed or overlooked in this police stop, and it's important. You see, I'm interested in the totality of what's going on. That includes the context of what was going on before the van trip, what Brian says during the police stop, and also Brian's actions and behaviour afterwards. Now, this all confirms my initial belief that Gabby was making the money. Gabby was making the trip happen. She was the influencer. And yet she was the one being disrespected and devalued and controlled and made to feel less than. And it's interesting to me that that's mirrored too in this police stop, where the male police officers spend 80% of their time with Brian. The other question that continues to be on my mind is what exactly was Brian putting into this relationship? It just seems to me that Gabby was doing all the heavy lifting, and I can't understand what Brian was putting into the relationship. She obviously felt dependent on him when she was clearly very capable, but he was dimming her light. That's how I see it. And my analysis of the police stop and Gabby's behaviour and Brian's behaviour, well, it's just reinforced my belief even more. Okay, back to the police stop. Officer Robbins volunteered that he'd make a call. Take a listen to this. Um, you want me to, I'll call CK then. CK and will take you for the night. I'll, I'll see if they'll, if they'll take you or one of them. CK will take me? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, actually, actually, CK will take him as a victim of this assault. CK will take you. And they'll yeah. help you tomorrow. And you're like a block and a half away from the people. Let's see if oh. CK will take him because they took... They actually put up, actually, they didn't take a guy, but they got a hotel for a guy last time. Yeah, I'll do that. CK might get you a hotel. Okay. Now, what she does... I'm not, I'm not even sleeping outside in a sleeping bag. No, no, no CK, like, I don't no, need a hotel. I'm just saying, I think CK will get you a hotel. If you want her to have a van, we don't care. It's up to you. But... Yes, this is Officer Robbins with Homer City Police Department. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. So, I just did a domestic, and the male is going to be our victim. Is there any way that you can help us set him up with a place to stay tonight? Okay. 1099, yeah. Yes, please. Uh, thank you. Well. Officer Pratt says Seekhaven, the local women's shelter, would take you as a victim of domestic assault 
and then they all start laughing again. And he says that if Brian wants Gabby to have the van, then that's up to Brian. Then Officer Robbins walked off and he makes the call to seek Haven. At the start of the call, Officer Robbins said, So I just did a domestic and the male is going to be our victim. Is there any way you can set him up with a place to stay tonight? Now the language is very odd to me. The male is going to be our victim. It just strikes me that Officer Robbins is not even buying what he's selling, in my opinion. But playing devil's advocate, I guess it could just be his lack of experience. But it does sound like he's casting Brian in a role. And ironically, that's so close to the truth in this unfolding disastrous police stop that it's painful. I also want you to hear this next part when Officer Robbins returned to update Brian. Take a listen to this. So, the after hours guy isn't there at their office right now. He's going to run from his house over there, and we're going to get y'all lined up. Don't worry about it, this is the phone call that they wait on, so don't, don't feel like you are making anybody do anything extra. So, we're trying to make this as easy as possible. We're not wanting to take her and book her or anything like that. Well, I really, really appreciate it. And I know how rough this stuff can be. Like I said, I've been married for five and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, believe me, if I were to say that me and my wife haven't had our share of spouts, I'd be lying to you. She lives with anxiety. I live with a woman who has anxiety. I know. I, her anxiety elevates my Yours. anxiety, and sometimes it that's just, why I just. That's why I'm like, I gotta, just, I gotta walk away. I gotta breathe. Just and look in the back of my eyes even then. You know, I'm not gonna try and sit here and give you life. No, life advice. Yeah, yeah. You've been on this road <laughs> almost as long as what I have. There's nothing I can tell you that's gonna really make a difference. But at the end of the day, I, I'm sorry that no. this has happened. I'm sorry that it went to this. No, no, no. I'm sorry. To, but I'm sorry. Can I get my key and make my little bag? So he explained to Brian that the after-hours guy wasn't there, but they're going to get Brian all lined up. He said this, Don't worry, don't feel like you're making anyone do anything extra. We're trying to make this as easy as possible. We're not going to take her and book her or anything like that. Brian replied he really, really appreciates it. Officer Robbins continued, I know how rough this stuff can be. I've been married for five and a half years. And they all laugh out loud again. This is another big bro bonding moment. They're all in it together. Meanwhile, Gabby is still in the back of the patrol car, not knowing what's happening. I wonder if she could hear them all laughing away together. I wonder how that must have felt if she could hear them. At this point, Brian's still smiling away. It all sounds so trivial, the way it's been minimised, without really getting to the root of what went on, and this is so concerning. Officer Robbins continued by saying, Believe me, if I were to say my wife and I have not had our share of spats, I'd be lying to you. She lives with anxiety. I live with it. Her anxiety elevates my anxiety. And then Brian talks over him. He said, yours. Yes, he said. I know, her anxiety is my anxiety. And sometimes I have to just walk away and just breathe. 
as is it going to backfire on me or... And this is another great bro-bonding moment between the menfolk here. Brian knows they are totally on his side, and Officer Robbins offers more comforting words to Brian. He said, I'm not going to sit here and give you life advice. Brian laughs out loud again. He looks so relieved and happy, grinning from ear to ear. Officer Robbins continued, You've been on this road almost as long as I have. There's nothing I can say that will really make a difference. Brian is nodding along, all smiles, and he says, Yeah. He's visibly relieved and happy with this outcome. I really don't think he can believe his luck. Officer Robbins said, But at the end of the day, I'm sorry all this has happened. I'm sorry it went to this extreme. Now, this for me is another new low in this police stop. Now a police officer is apologising to Brian. This just gets more and more bizarre. But rather than hear him out, Brian is trying to interject and cut him off. He's gesturing to the back of the van before Officer Robbins can finish telling Brian how sorry he feels for him. And Brian interrupts and said, Can I get my key and make like a little bag if you can drive me somewhere? It's a little infantilised the way that he says it, but he's already thinking ahead. He wanted to get out of there ASAP. Now again, what's absent for me is his lack of care for the love of his life, Gabby. He's failed to even ask whether she's okay, or to find out when she'll be told what's going on, you know, given her anxiety. No, there's none of that. He's just thinking about himself about getting his stuff and getting out of there. Meanwhile, Officer Pratt is back talking with Gabby and saying that they can't treat someone any differently because of their gender. Now, what he means here is sex. But take a listen to this. I don't have anyone saying that you actually punched the rest of it. It sounds like it was shoving in a manner that was probably more consistent with trying to make it from over the van or to get the space from you, not to slap the same. So, if the tables were turned and he was beating on you and you were shoving him, of course we were looking at it like, oh, of course he's defending himself away from this guy. But we're, we're kind of looking at the same way with him. We have to take both very heavy and bigger male and small female. The law doesn't say, hey, Officer Pratt, Officer Robbins, you can treat the people different based on gender and it seems we can. Even if it makes no sense, we probably could not So the chat is interrupted by Officer Robbins taking a call. He's giving Brian's details to the hotel. He explains to the person at the end of the radio that the two of them had had a heated argument. Brian had told her to take a walk and cool off. She refused and broke into the car after he had locked it and she started to hit him and he pushed her away. They both got in the vehicle and took off, he said. Take a listen to this. His name's going to be Brian, B-R-I-A-N, last name Laundry is L-A-U-N-D-R-I-E. In laundry. 
Yeah, well, it's not Y, it's IE at the end. Yes. So they were at one at Moonflower, the organic grocery store down the street from you guys, and they got into a heated argument. Both of them were saying it was over petty stuff. Um, he told her to take a walk so that she could cool off. She refused, broke into the car after he locked her out of it. She started trying to slap and scratch him. He pushed her away. They both got in the vehicle, took off, and I found him out here next to him. charging her with uh, domestic assault. So they, there's going to be a protection order set in place between the two of them until he's able to get over to the PD tomorrow because he doesn't want to pursue it, but I don't have a choice in this, as I'm sure you are well aware. So he's going to be wanting to go over to the PD first thing tomorrow morning as they open up to get the protective order removed. But that doesn't fix tonight. They both have Florida licenses. Of course. suspect in this, would you be able to put her up for the night? Okay. I figured, I figured, I just, I had to make sure I at least asked. It's better safe than sorry. So, I didn't know if that would make your life any easier or any tougher on it, so... Awesome. And if you if it's easier for you to just send me a text with a location, that works just as fine too. Alrighty, sounds like fun. Thank you. What was your what did you say your name was again? Peter Phillip? Phil. Okay. Alrighty, Phil. It's quite something how Gabby is now framed as refusing Brian's orders and that she broke into her own van. It's amazing how this is hammed up even more. But I'm curious, why does Gabby have to obey Brian? Seriously, the misogyny and sexism is obscene. Officer Robbins said, It doesn't fix the problem of tonight, and asked, and I quote, 
With Gabby as the suspect, would they be able to put her up for the night? Again, it's very odd language with Gabby as the suspect. It just sounds to me that he doesn't believe it, he doesn't buy into it. But what he's told is that's not an option. And Officer Robbins replied and said that he only asked because he thought it would be better to be safe than sorry. Also, it shows how ridiculous the statute is if this is the case. And it turns out that Officer Robbins was talking with Phil. So all these men are trying to problem-solve this situation with no attention to the nuanced detail of the case or to who actually needs the support and the help. The 22-year-old female still crying in the back of the patrol vehicle or Brian, who's laughing and joking and saying that he wants to go off for a hike. You literally couldn't make this up. Officer Robbins finished the call and at around 41.06 on the footage, he approaches the white van. Now both the back doors are open. I want to tell you about what it looks like inside the van. You see, it's a stark contrast to everything we've seen about the van and van life. The van is in complete disarray. Everything is everywhere. A backpack is lying on its side. It's a mess. In fact, there's a better image at 41.20 to 24. I'll post this picture as it really highlights how different the van is now compared to all the beautiful photos and video footage. In my mind, it really symbolises what's going on in their relationship, behind closed doors, well, up to the point where Brian's behaviour was witnessed by others outside the Moonflower Organic Grocers. Officer Robbins asked Brian if he could have two minutes of his time, and Brian is fiddling around by the driver's door, but he turns around and says, sure. Officer Robbins then explained that because of the assault that took place and the fact Brian was showing signs of the strikes, he said that he wanted to take pictures of Brian's injuries and said he could call EMS, but he has to take some photos. Brian is reluctant at first, but then agrees. Now, there are some other injuries on Brian and he says that they weren't from Gabby, but Officer Robbins says he wants to document them anyway, which is rather strange. When Utah Park Ranger Melissa Holes appears, Brian, for the first time, asked if Gabby was okay. Park Ranger Holes answered yes and stated that Gabby wanted her phone, asking if Brian knew where it was. Brian said he did. Now, he seemed somewhat nervous to me and said he'd help her find it, as it was in a certain spot in the van. Afterwards, Officer Robbins continued taking photos of Brian and told him to carry on getting his stuff together from the van. Officer Robbins then made his way back to Gabby. Park Ranger Holes was stood to the side of the patrol vehicle. She explained that Gabby was on the phone to her parents, that she was wanting to feel better, and that she didn't want to be separated from Brian that night. Listen to this. It's better self She's calling her parents just to feel better. She doesn't want to not be with him tonight. There's That's no choice says. in the matter. Yeah. So... She also said that Officer Pratt was calling his supervisor and Officer Robbins then goes off to speak with him. So interestingly, even after everything that has happened, Gabby still wanted to be with Brian. Now, you might think that's strange, but it's really not uncommon with abuse and abusers. Often the victim feels the abuser is the only one who really understands what's gone on and in a strange place with law enforcement involved, it may well have pushed her back to Brian 
particularly as she was being seen as the problem and she was alone and isolated and she didn't want to get him into trouble. Everything about what Gabby says and how she behaves was about taking the blame and helping Brian. Her needs were not prioritised by her. And with Brian, the opposite was true. He wanted to go hiking. He wanted to get his stuff and get out of there. Unfortunately, this is all very obvious when you've been trained or when you're an expert. But Brian's narcissism, his selfishness, his sense of me, myself and I was just so clear throughout the police stop. But yet, none of the officers who attended saw it. Officer Pratt then returned to Gabby. He said it was a very, very important question that he was going to ask, and that how she answered the question would determine what happened next. I want you to hear exactly what he said. Take a listen to this. Gabby, this is a very, very important question. How you answer this question is going to determine what happens next. But the only person who can answer this question is you. Think very hard before you answer the question. Do not quickly answer it. Think very hard. When you slapped him those times, were you attempting to cause him physical pain or physical impairment? Was that what you were attempting to do to him? No. What were, no. you, what were you attempting to do? What was the reason behind the slapping and stuff? What was, what was it you were attempting to accomplish by slapping? I was trying to get him to stop telling me to hunt him. Well, it doesn't sound to me like she attempted to injure him. It's your call. This is 100% your call. I support you either way. I'll let you get back to your parents, okay? Okay. Noticeably, Gabby is still sobbing. So Officer Pratt asked Gabby if she was attempting to cause physical pain or impairment when she slapped Brian. He asked, what was she attempting to accomplish? Gabby answered, I was trying to stop him from telling me to calm down. 
Officer Pratt said it didn't sound like she was attempting to injure him. Gabby's still sobbing. She looks so sad and in pain, and she's looking from officer to officer. There's no fist pumping, no trying to make her laugh or saying it's a trivial argument. It's all taken very seriously. And the officers agree that they'll support each other in their call, i.e. their decision. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. They then go off and have a conflab. An officer Pratt reiterates that Gabby's 110 pounds. She's not a threat to Brian. Brian doesn't want to pursue it. He said he can use the letter of the law and not charge or go full on with the domestic assault charge. He said to Officer Robbins, it's your opportunity to make the right decision. The audio then cuts out. In the background, whilst they're still speaking, Brian's visible with the male park ranger. He now has his baseball cap on and his backpack on his back. I want you to hear the next discussion. You got this? I'm making this decision. I'm going to side him. I'm going to go okay. all through the first... Would you feel more comfortable here? handling that guy? Yeah. We'll handle that guy. If you're more comfortable. Well, I'm, it's 6-1-1 and a half dozen yet. It's up to you. I mean, it's a headache whether I go left or it's a headache whether I go Look, right. Another option is to not charge them but separate them for the night. If they find themselves together again, what is it to you? You separate them. You provide it for his safety. If he doesn't have enough sense to stay away and you, you got him separated, it's on him. You can separate him and say, don't, don't let it go off till tomorrow. If, if they don't let it go off and we hear about it, We'll hear about it. They're camping in the park tonight. And if there's some fighting going on, you already was Mr. Nice Guy. You already gave him a chance. What you can't do, by law, is separate someone and say, if we hear from you again, we're going to arrest one of you. Because then if one of them really needs help, they may not call police and get help. The law says you cannot, literally, you may not say, we get more problems with you guys tonight. One of you is going to, you can't threaten like that. Right. It's true because if you stop, you want to call the police to get help. Does that make sense? Right. So, go full or nothing, or in between, and separate them, and kind of give them the nod, the wink, like, hey, you know, just stay It's up to you. I'm going to go handle that. you got very capable help with you here, and I trust you. So Officer Robbins said he's taken the decision, and he will cite Gabby. He says it's six one way and half a dozen another. Officer Pratt said, you don't have to cite them, just separate them for the night. And he said... You have very capable help here, and I trust you, and slaps Officer Robbins on the back. 
Again, this is all so uncomfortable and sad to watch. Brian's clearly in safe hands, but Gabby is not. None of them are offering up alternative points of view. It also highlights that park rangers need urgent training to understand coercive control and domestic abuse. Now, I have trained officers in Yosemite. It was an amazing couple of days and much needed, and Gabby's case shows how important that level of training is. All park rangers should be trained, as well as law enforcement. It's a really important and good use of time. Now, Officer Robbins goes back to a tearful Gabby, who appeared eager to know what's happening. He asked her if he can take pictures of her ID for his investigation and explained that he won't cite her. Take a listen to this. Okay, do you have any problems with me taking a picture of it? I have to have IDs and stuff like that for my investigation. Here. So, this is what I'm going to do. I've decided I am not going to cite you for domestic violence battery, okay? It was only going to be a class B misdemeanor. However, the domestic violence portion of it enhances it, makes life a major pain in the butt, especially at your 22, right? So I'm choosing not to cite you today. So you are not going to be charged with it. All right? But this is what I do have to do. I am separating between you tonight. Okay? I want you guys both to be... Tonight, away from each other. Relax. Breathe. Because there's no reason to be crying now. Okay? This is... I understand that this can feel like it's a nightmare. But you're coming out as the golden flower on top of it, okay? So, you're going to be taking the van tonight, and you're going to go somewhere else. I am going to get him lined up for the hotel room tonight. I want you guys to stay away from each other. For both of you guys the same. From what you told me and what he told me, you guys have a bunch of little things that are building up, building up, building up, and finally the little string that you guys were tight walking on the road tonight. Does that sound about right? So, I just want everybody to breathe, get a chance away from each other, go eat a meal, talk to your parents, whatever it is you got to do. Like I said, that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Hold on. This is Officer Robbins. Noticeably, Gabby cries the whole way through him talking with her. The way she behaves is the opposite of Brian. She's told that she'll take the van and go somewhere else, and Brian will have a hotel room. Officer Robbins told her not to cry and to take a breath. He said he believed that there were a lot of things building up. Now, at this point, it would have been much better for him not to give his take on what was going on, and it would be much better practice to ask her again what happened, to give Gabby another opportunity to say. And I call this making the mark but missing the point. He's made his decision. He's been so consumed by the process, he's missed the BGO, the blinding glimpse of the obvious, that Gabby is still really upset. It's clearly not a few small things going on here to have someone so upset. 
It's now 58 minutes into the police stop and Gabby's still crying. Why doesn't he think that's strange? Also, why does he think it's acceptable to send a 22-year-old, 110-pound female who's very upset, who he's been told over and over by Brian that she has anxiety, off in the van on her own? Take a listen to this. So, I've got him a hotel room tonight. So, here in just a minute, I have to keep you guys separated. For right now, don't contact each other, or don't wave at him, okay? Do you want me to say anything to him? Because I can do that for you. You want me to let him know that you love him and that you'll see him tomorrow and stuff like that? I can do that for you. Oh, he's bad about that too. Okay, I'll make sure that he has a phone charger. Okay? And if I have anything else, please keep your cell phone on so I can call you if I have any questions. Alright? Okay. Alright, so just kind of sit tight for me real fast and I'm going to talk to you right Brian, a couple things. Couple things? Couple things. One, I got your hotel room tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's good right. to So, I like the outside. <laughs> Number two, and this is probably the biggest one. She claims that she did not have intent to hurt you when she was slapping at you. So, technically speaking, it does not fit the letter of the code. So, I am not going to be charging her with DB. Exactly. So, this is what I am going to do, however. I'm not going to release you guys together. I want you guys to stay away from each other tonight. Okay? She's agreed to it. Take some time for yourselves. You guys both have the exact same story as to what led up to the incident. So, taking some time tonight, specifically. Taking tonight away from each other is going to be with me. Breaker and all of this, I think that'll help you guys, especially tomorrow when you guys meet up. So she does have a couple of messages for you. One, she says she loves you. She wants, she's looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Two, don't forget to sell my truck. Yeah, good. He watched me fumble around the entire three laps around the car and find one. Yeah, find one. Find one. Okay. <laughs> the other thing is, is, I don't want you guys to contact each other. No, okay. I, unless, I was running, unless when, he, when he said that I uh, that she gonna text me or whatever, I was gonna send her a message. Said, Please don't message me because I love you. But yeah, but, but tonight, tonight, don't do anything. Yeah, and I'm with. She's you. passing on her love and saying goodnight and stuff like that. All that and the stuff that I do to my wife too. Okay, so I appreciate it coming from you. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> so don't. Just try to not contact each other unless, like I said, first chattering, something happens, you guys have to jump in the car right now and drive back to Florida because something happened to parents. That kind of says the same. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, just mm-hmm. have a meal by yourself, take your breath. You're going to be in a hotel room watching TV. It's probably going to be months since you actually got to sit down and relax in some air conditioning and watch TV. So, take some time for you guys to sit. Yeah, take a shower, man. You got to change your clothes. You got some Tonys in there, right? All right, good, good, good. Because they're going to have everything that you need. You should be camping and all that good stuff. All right. Her main concern is make sure that you have self recovery so you guys don't have to Okay? I really appreciate it. So, I am going to walk her over here to the car. Okay? And if you'll just go stand over here in front of his pickup real quick, we'll get her out of here and I'll be right over here. All righty? You're right Officer Robbins finishes the conversation with Gabby. He explained Brian has the hotel room and she'll be in the van and they mustn't contact each other, but they can see each other the next day. He said, do you want me to tell him that you love him and anything else? 
Gabby replied, yes, make sure he has a phone charger. So again, here, even distressed and upset, Gabby's still trying to help Brian, and she's still attending to his needs, not hers noticeably. And yes, she's still crying. Officer Robbins then goes back to Brian. He tells him he has the hotel for him. And he also said Gabby didn't intend to hurt him, and so technically speaking it doesn't fit the letter of the code, i.e. for a domestic assault. He advised Brian to stay away from Gabby and that they should take time out for themselves. Brian said he really appreciated it, and there's more laughing and joking again, and a final, you can watch TV tonight and clean your feet, ha ha ha, so all light-hearted and fun. Not true with Gabby, however. Take a listen. Alrighty, Gabrielle, you want to step out for me? As you can see, I have keys in my hand, which is good, okay? Okay. So, something that I do, that I emphasize to him, and I don't know if I emphasize to you or not, don't text each other tonight. He wants to pass on the same message you passed to him. I'm really looking forward to talking to you again, but I told him, and you, unless there's earth-shattering emergency news, don't text tonight, okay? Even with the goodnights, I love you. He's saying goodnight now. He's saying he loves you now. And you guys can talk tomorrow morning, okay? He's going to go to the hotel. I'm going to give you the keys to the van. Alrighty. So, here's that. I'm giving him a ride over to the hotel, okay? So, everything's going to be okay. Will it be a far drive for me to get him in the morning? I'm just curious. I'm not going to tell you where he's going to be at tonight. I, I like I said, I, I want you guys to be separated. I, but I, I can just, tell you this. I just don't usually drive the van, so I just want to make sure it's not like far. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, no. it's basically from here to Moonflower. Okay. Okay? It's not far at all. So, let's get you in the van. Let's get you on your way. All right? You want that Gatorade, by the way? Okay. You got enough water? <laughs> also, something I want you to know. Here, stand over here real, real fast for me. If you go over to City Market, they have a list of places where you can get yourself a shower for like four or five bucks, something like that. They're pretty cheap. A place where you can shower, decompress, de-stress a little bit. Alrighty? Um, yeah, I just showered yesterday at one of those. Well... You didn't have today happen yesterday, so yeah, I, I, it, it does my wife wonders. So when she gets stressed out, it's like, get in the shower. Come on, it does get in the shower. Really Go take a shower, relax, take some time for yourself. And like I said, don't text each other tonight. Text each other tomorrow morning after your eyes open up and you're fully awake. Have your coffee or your morning routine, okay? You have a good night, okay? Gabby's still sniffling and crying. Officer Robbins tells her to go and decompress take a shower, and to have a good night. I certainly wouldn't have been encouraging her to get into a car and drive off in the state that she was in, but that's what happened. Then back to Brian he goes, and he asks Brian if he's ready for his ride, and Brian says yes. Then Brian tells the park ranger it was good to meet him, and they fist bump. I mean, for crying out loud. And then all the officers shake hands, and Officer Robbins thanks them. Officer Robbins shook hands with Park Ranger Holes too and said he didn't formally introduce himself before. And then off they go. They all clearly think that they did a good job and they're all happy with the outcome. Take a listen to this little chat between Officer Robbins and Brian in the patrol vehicle. What's that? You live in a Rob Zombie. 
You like it? I was wondering if you get to play your own personal music in the Heck yeah, dude. I got my own phone hooked up to this thing. Yeah. Hey, man, it's not too hard to go a few hours without having anything interesting happen or anything to get the old blood pumping real good. You know what I mean? So. I stuck my hand up because I didn't want to scare you when you pulled over. Oh, no, no, you're... That wasn't a traditional stop, to say the least. So, uh, don't feel bad. SO2T9. Didn't already know. Um, she did want to pass on her good nights and loves yous and stuff like that, okay? And she understands that I don't... I didn't tell her where you're staying, because like I said, I'm trying to keep you guys away from each other for tonight. Say that again? Where did you say I was going? I didn't... I just told her that you were going to a hotel. Okay? So, um... Like I said, it's my request. Not legally obligated to hold to it. But I want you guys to take some time away from each other because it will make a world of difference. Oh, you're not in any trouble? You got handcuffs on? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell you that I'm taking you to jail. No, I told you I'm taking (laughs) you to the hotel. So, like I said, my main concern, I told her to go take a shower like I told you to, because she seems a lot like my wife. And things that really works for my wife is when she gets stressed out to go take a long, hot shower. So I gave her a place to go where she can get a hotel room or not a hotel room, but, um, get a shower tonight for like four or five bucks. Really cheap. So no problem. Well, I've got quite a few, like I said, my wife has really, really bad, bad anxiety and she takes medication for it daily. And Sometimes it's just not enough. Sometimes it builds up and it, it happens. I mean... Well, I will say this. When my wife got put on a medication, within a week, I saw a complete turnaround in her attitude, her demeanor. I mean, she wasn't nearly as aggressive or angry or anything like that. It was, it was a considerable difference in her day-to-day life. It, it made her quality of life better even. You know what I mean? And it's made my quality of life a lot better too, <laughs> because I don't have her being as stressed. I know that I, Five and a half years of marriage, I know it's not very long, but at the same time, you learn a lot in the first five years. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? Uh, I, would, I would say, well, we've known each other since the start of high school. But, you know, in our relationship, it's been three or three years. Wow. Uh, a little while. It's definitely been five months of traveling together. I used to drive a truck. I used to be a commercial motor vehicle driver, you know, the big trucks. Oh, yeah. And I took my wife with me, and we would easily spend a couple months on end without going home or anything like that, being cooped up in a little 8x8 cage, is what I called it, because you, you didn't have any time to yourself, so to speak. You didn't have time to, you know, you're going through Arizona, you can't just turn off the road and go see the Grand Canyon or anything like that. So. <laughs> Like I'm trying to paint or something, I'm taking myself a snack. 
Well, that was one of the major advantages of having her with me was I could say, hey, I'm hungry. Can you get me something to eat? She, she was able, because I was driving and she wasn't, she was able to go back, get into the cooler, make us lunch or whatever, you know. So there was that as an advantage. <laughs> In the car, Officer Robbins calls Brian dude, and they talk about music, and he admits that it wasn't a normal police stop. And also that hours can go by without nothing interesting happening. Now, I take that to mean that he doesn't deal with many domestic abuse cases or anything else, actually. And so he's most likely inexperienced. Also, Officer Robin circles back to the whole wifey anxiety chit chat, blah, blah, blah. He tells Brian his wife takes medication for anxiety and she's less aggressive and her quality of life has improved and in turn his life is less stressful. Brian laughs. Officer Robin shares that he was a long-haul truck driver and his wife would go with him and it was handy as she could make the lunch for him. Brian laughs out loud again. Ugh. The subtext of this is women are annoying and emotional but they have their uses and Brian is just lapping it all up. Then they chat about California. Officer Robbins grew up there. It's all very chummy-chummy. The police cruiser then pulls up to the hotel. Officer Robbins jumps out and opens the car door for Brian. Brian is grinning away like the cat that got the cream. And take a listen to this. All right, we're here. We got. We're gonna come in here. We're gonna come talk to Tyson. Tyson. Yep. Officer Robbins, Phil called for me. He did. Yes. This is Brian Laundry. All right. So he's gonna get you all set up with your hotel room, and he's gonna take care of it from here. All right. Well, All right. So and like I said, just remember my requests. It'll yeah, make, no. I think it'll make a big difference in your guys' next couple of weeks at the very least. I really appreciate it. No Thank problem. you so much. For, for yeah. everything. No problem. It's yeah. nice to meet you, Brian. Nice to meet you. Have a good one. All right. So sorry. Brian really can't believe his luck. Chauffeur-driven to the front door of the hotel, and Officer Robbins helps him check in. He then extends his arm to shake Brian's hand and tells Brian that having the break will make the difference to their next few weeks and that it was nice meeting Brian and that he should have a good one. I bet that rings in his ears over and over and over again. It's ringing in mine. Every time I watch the footage, how they all got it so wrong. So I'm going to wrap here. It's a lot to take in and digest, I know. So many what-ifs and if-onlys. And not just that, there were many missteps along the way. So much misogyny. The sexism. The gender bias. Too many fist bumps and bro moments. A whole string of red flags and high risk factors missed. And a young woman, Gabby, who was distressed and crying right up until the end, who was sent off on her own whilst Brian is coddled and laughing and joking with the officers and put up in a hotel to watch television and sit down and relax as Officer Robbins couched it. It's deeply disturbing. Now bear in mind, that's my analysis from one body camera, 
the first one that was released. But like I said, there were at least two others. More on that next week. Until then, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instinct. Here's my final two cents before the episode wraps. If you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to Crime Analyst or on the website www.crime-analyst.com. It really helps others find me and also helps with the ratings. Crime Analyst is written, produced and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheasley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Rowbottom at Syndicate and music by Kilrude. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wendt. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.